0: Yes,
1: yes, so You're listening to the One Podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the One Pridecast. I'm your host Tori Petri, joined on the elder line by Mike O'Hara. Mike, how's it going this morning?
2: Uh, it's going well. Unusual, unusual week we're coming off, and some more unusual stuff coming up. But it's been an unusual 2020. So, what's more unusual than unusual?
1: Yeah, that pretty much sums up the whole year. Unusual. Uh, Definitely the Lions are in an unusual spot right now going through a midseason coaching change. They've got one month left of the season, five games, and over the weekend, they parted ways with head coach Matt Patricia and general manager Bob Quinn. Now Daryl Bevel is the interim head coach. So lots of changes over this Thanksgiving weekend after the Lions lost a tough game to the Houston Texans on Thanksgiving Mike, why did you feel the Lions needed to make that change?
2: Uh, because they did. You know, it's, it's pretty pretty simple. When I say unusual, look, I've been through a lot of this stuff covering the Lions over the years, but not everybody is, you know, you know a head coaching change in midseason. But we've seen an awful lot of awful lot of turnover in key positions, and, and who has experienced more of it than Matthew Stafford? And we can get to that later. And also, I've got a surprise for you, okay? I think you'll like Uh-oh. it. Uh-oh. Do, do I have your permission?
1: Uh, you do. Go right ahead, Mike.
2: You're sure? Okay. Well, well, we'll do it at about the ten or twelve-minute mark. Okay. <laughs> this is known as a tease, the Tory tease. That's Wow. <laughs> so, all right.
1: But, I'm going to keep my eye on this timer because I am uh, I am very intrigued by what this surprise is.
2: By the way, I just thought of something.
1: You thought? You just yeah. You yeah.
2: <laughs> wait a minute, and I don't have any <laughs> coffee either this morning. Okay. But thanks, no thanks to you. But uh, uh, I just. I just thought of something. I better keep this to myself. No, but you know what, What Terry? When I say they had, it, it's something they had to do. They really did. Now, whether they did it, you know, after the season or whatever, and I'm talking strictly about the head coaching, I'm separating the two Bob Quinn, the general manager, and the head coach, Matt Patricia. It wasn't working. And I think, you know, I don't know if everybody out there saw that just really it's a terrific picture that was taken by a photographer for MLive.com, you know, the website, and then, you know, uh, statewide. Uh, that's been in you know, business under different names for a long time. Really, kind of captured the essence of what happened in the Houston uh, Texans, Detroit Lions debacle, 41-25 loss, and really maybe the last two and a half seasons under Matt Patricia's head coach, and certainly this year. But it was, you know, the principal owner Sheila Ford Hamp, with just had her hands over her, over her eyes. You know, kind of just kind of leaned forward and up, and you know where she watches the game in, in the owners box. And just to me, that just said everything like right. enough is enough. And, and, you know, as sports talk radio goes and I'm not knocking him; mean, it's just the way it is, but all day Friday, well, if she doesn't do it now, what is she waiting for? Saturday. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> I just had a feeling something was coming. Just the vibe was, was yeah. there. And just, just seeing that. See, just seeing that it wasn't even the look on her face. Cause she had her face covered with her hands, but just, it really was it was a picture that captured the moment and it captured the year and, and kudos to the photographer who took it NIM Live that ran it. it um, you know, Mrs. Hant may not have liked it, but it really had summed it up and it wasn't it really revealed her inner thoughts, I I think, in my in my opinion. And the way the team has played this year, blowing leads. It was typical of that game. They went on. Houston went on a 28 to 3 run after the Lions had taken a 14 13 lead, and it's it's gone that way from the opening game.
1: Right, right.
2: Mitchell Trubisky, Tory, as you remember, 21 straight point three touchdown passes in the fourth quarter, and that's a game the Lions had one way to launch their season finally with a with a good win, and couldn't hold the lead. Couldn't hold the lead against against the Saints, against the Packers. Couldn't score against the Carolina Panthers. I mean, come on, what are you talking about? And so, yeah, I think I think it was the right thing to do. And you know, uh, Sheila Hamp didn't really come out and say this. She mentioned the fans and all that, but really, to me, this was also a message to the fans, folks. Starting right now, and she said she wants Daryl bevel and the coach to win. The team, you know, players try to win, play hard and win. But she was talking to the fans, too. Look, I, I've had enough, and, and I agree with her.
1: Yeah, I I think that that photo was very telling as well. Uh, the body language kind of said it all. But, you know, for me, I agree with you, Mike, about the fans. Ownership came out last year and said, hey, we want this team to contend in 2020. And it was clear that they were not contending. And she could have waited till the end of the season, but I think doing it when she did it showed – hey, I'm serious about what we said last year. I'm serious that this team needs to contend, and they're not contending right now, so I'm making this move because I want to show that, you know, as the new principal owner of this team, that I want to contend.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I was in, in – I was. they did that sort of in segments last year. I think it was in, in December. might have been November. But I was in there with Mrs. Ford, Radwood the president, and, and, and Sheila Hamp. And she was really one of the one of the more prominent voices there out of, out of the three, including my own. But
1: <laughs> if Mike O'Hara I mean, is in a room, his voice is always a prominent. One. I
2: get a couple of one-liners in no matter where I am, just a loose majority. <laughs> this is up.
1: true. This is accurate.
2: But but uh, you know one of the things what they said was play meaningful games in December and be in contention. And I asked her, do you uh, are, is this a package deal? I just asked the question, I should say just threw it out for whoever wanted to answer is this a package deal Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia Bob Quinn of course being the general manager and she said no they'll be evaluated separately well she came to the same conclusion on, on both on both of them and if I was I was a little bit surprised that that Quinn was 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 let go I'm not, I'm not shocked or anything like that and not just because nothing shocks me I just thought he might have gotten another chance because I think his, his biggest mistake was not in firing jim caldwell but who he replaced him with and all due respect you know matt patricia was one of the hot young or youngish coordinators out there looking for a head it you know, was going to be elevated to a head coaching job you know the pedigree with the uh new england patriots but it just didn't work and you know maybe bob quinn could have changed things if he would have fired patricia after two seasons and you know going going you know six and ten one year and 312 and one another certainly doesn't it doesn't it doesn't make a case for keeping your job, and then it just it was more of the same this year. I mean the record's a little bit better, but the product isn't better.
1: Right. And
2: and and it, it, this reminded me of two things just going back in history, when Darrell Rogers was the head coach here from 1985 through the middle, approximately the middle of 1988. Uh, Kurt Sylvester worked for the Detroit Free Press for a long time, and I staked out Mr. Ford after a meeting with Daryl Rogers, and so we asked him, and he said, we're boring and we're losing. That's what I told him. And I thought, Kurt, Powell, I think we're going to be writing a story here in a couple of days, and sure enough, we were. And then and then, what Mrs. Ford, Martha Firestone Ford, did midway through the 2015 season. They made the playoffs, at 11-5 and the year before, and they started out 1-7 and and got just absolutely trucked. I, I, I don't know if you were with, with the website in, 20, in 2015 or I not. I was, yep. Okay, the, well, you remember the London game. What a debacle. Uh-huh. To get embarrassed like that on national TV. And Mrs. Ford fired Tom Lawand, the president, Martin Mayhew, the general manager. They'd already sacked the offensive coordinator. And a couple of other assistant coaches were let go. And Mrs. Ford stood up at the podium and a 90-second speech or whatever you want to call it said, I expect this team to compete and contend the rest of this season. I'm not giving up on it. And they almost made the playoffs. You know, they really did. They came back six and two. So, you know, the, I think I think Sheila Hamp followed her mother's uh, style more than she did her father. She wasn't going to be patient and just hope things would turn around on themselves. Six months into, into being the, the principal owner, she acted strongly, decisively. And she said, I meant what I said about com- competing. She said, I meant what I said. I kept my word, and, and I salute her for that.
1: Yeah. So where does this leave the Lions now? I mean, they've got five games left in the season. Yeah. Like you said, Sheila Fordham said she still wanted them to compete, but obviously you make this move because you're having a season that isn't going well. So their season yeah. hasn't exactly gone well up to this point, but she wants them to compete the rest of the way. So where does this leave them? Uh, well,
2: it leads them really. I, You know, Darryl devil has been, been – uh, promoted from offensive coordinator to interim head coach apparently he's been given some i wouldn't say hope but some i wouldn't or i wouldn't say assurance but somewhere between hope and assurance that he is a candidate for the job i don't know how strong a candidate he is if he goes five and oh does he get the job i don't know does he goes oh and five does he get the, obviously not but a lot of eyes will be on him to see what what he does and what what he does that's different now I don't think it's a betrayal of of his previous boss, uh, uh, Matt Patricia, that he changed some things in practice on his first practice with the team. Because you have to do that. You just can't send the team out and read the old, same old script of the last uh, however long, 25, you know, 25 weeks of practices and games. You've got to change things, give the players some indication. I mean, not just indication, but you just show the players things are going to be different. We're not just going to do exactly what we did before. And so. He changed up the practice yesterday. Like uh, Taylor Decker, the you know really good offensive lineman, offensive left tackle for the Detroit Lions, talked to the media yesterday and, and said you know things were things were different. You know, it, it, you know a little more energy, there was a fresh a freshness, a refreshness there. Uh, talked about you know winning these next five games and maybe making the playoffs. You never heard Matt Patricia say anything beyond on Wednesday. Wednesday was the most important day of the year. Thursday that became the most important. Week one was the most important week. Then week two did. I think sometimes you have to look ahead. I think it sort of gives the players, you know, kind of gives them some relief from, you know, it, look, it's it's a long trudge in pro football to get through you know, get through 16 weeks of practices and games, and I think you got to give them something to look forward to. I never completely agreed with that, you know, one at a time that, that 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 Matt Patricia did. I mean, you have to do it, but you have to, to me, add something to it, and and and. You know, Daryl Bevel did that you know, uh, yesterday in his first full meeting with the team. He says, "Look, we, we have a chance to make the playoffs. Now, is it a great chance? No, but if somehow they win five in a row, they're probably in. So yeah. tell them that. The players aren't stupid; they could they can count to five. It's not that hard, <laughs> you know. And, and it, I think it energized the team a little bit. Now we'll see what happens on, in Chicago on Sunday. But for now, I think it was a good start, and that's all we can look at right now. Is for now.
1: Yeah. Well, you have to be happy for a guy like Daryl Bevel, obviously. I know, know he doesn't mean anything ill on the people that he's replacing. Nobody wants to take over in those circumstances. He spoke highly of his former bosses and thanked them for the opportunity that they gave him. But... I mean, Darryl Bevel's getting a, a lifetime opportunity here. Obviously, these guys go into coaching because they want to do it at the highest level. And he's getting a chance to do that now. And you could tell how empty he was in that press conference that we had with him on Monday. I mean, he was he was jacked up. And he said as much. You have to be happy for him.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. That's exactly what he said, too, is I'm jacked up. And yeah. I don't blame him. And look, the idea of, of, of this is not at the expense of Matt Patricia. He didn't fire Matt Patricia. He didn't sabotage him. There weren't any, you know, sources close to Daryl Bevel unhappy with the way things going. None of that. He was loyal. And look, everybody's working in place of somebody else. Somebody else wants his, wanted his job as as offensive coordinator. Somebody else now wants his job as head coach. I mean, look, take it down to, you know, let's just trickle all the way down. Tori, there's somebody out there who wants your job. There's somebody out there who wants my job. It's just the way it is. It's (laughs) life. Okay. Deal with it. You know what? Work hard and keep your job.
1: Yeah. Well, and produce. Absolutely. And it definitely puts the Lions in in an interesting spot because I'm very interested to see how Daryl Bevel changes this team or even this offense as they hit the field on Sunday. Because, you know, we don't really know who was calling all of the shots. You know, like the head coach usually has considerable influence over what the game plan is, sometimes even over calling the offensive plays. Uh, You know, typically the coaches will say, well, every call goes through me anyways, even if it's made by the offensive or defensive coordinator. So I'm interested to see if this offense looks any different under Daryl Bevel since he has kind of creative control over it now.
2: Let me give you, I'm glad you brought that up. And I I was just doing some notes to myself yesterday and and just for no reason other than just to look at some trends and all that. And then the last six games the Detroit Lions have played, Let me count to six. One, two, three, four, five, six. They have run the ball on the first play of the game every single time. Mm. In the last two games, hold on, there's more. In the last two games, they ran Adrian Peterson on first and second down, both games, for wonderful gains of minus one, no gain, four yards, three yards. The next game, or the game three there, they ran DeAndre Swift on the first three offensive plays, go back another game. Adrian Peterson on the first play of the game minus one. Adrian Peterson on the first two plays of the game for seven yards and minus one, and then Adrian Peterson again. So that's six straight games. Come on! These other teams are stupid. They're not seeing what's going on. So Sorry, did- I just threw my notebook across the across the across <laughs> the room. I mean, right, come you on! You better go
1: get it. Yeah, I mean, I. I'll be I, right back. Obviously, <laughs> what you're saying here, Mike, is that the Lions have been running the ball a lot on first down and unsuccessfully.
2: Predict- so- and predict- yeah, and pr- it's predictable. Don't get me going, okay? Let's change the subject. <laughs> I, it's just, it's, it's. it's you know, I'm not invested in the team's wins and losses, but just as just watching it, it just doesn't. It, to me, it didn't make make any sense because it's not working. So, so we'll see if what we'll see what comes with Daryl with Daryl Bevel call in the plays and see if he kind of unloosens the the, the strings here.
1: Right. Well, what's interesting to me is how well this offense did last year. And I thought that they were very creative last year when Matthew Stafford was in there. And even after Matthew Stafford went down, I felt like Daryl Bevel came up with some really good game plans to help David Blau, to help Jeff Driscoll have their best shot at winning. Now, obviously, the Lions weren't able to win those games, but that came down to more than just the quarterback play. I, I thought that you know he he did a pretty good job considering what he was working with, and we all know Matthew Stafford was playing at an All Pro level last year. So I feel like we know that Daryl Bevel can come up with you know a good offense.
2: Yeah, and, and you know the, the first eight games that, that and Stafford played, in he passed for two thousand four hundred and ninety nine yards, nineteen touchdowns. I think it was four interceptions, might have been five. And he was just he was just getting going too. I mean, to me, he was, there was another maybe you know, 2,800 yards in that arm the last eight games and maybe 20, 21, 22 touchdown passes. He was rolling. I mean, absolutely rolling. And so, like I said, we'll see, we'll see what happens. I don't think he's going to just all of a sudden put him in the shotgun and throw 50 times a game. But, but, but certainly they have to do something, something different than what they've been doing. And, and I look forward to seeing what, if anything, that is on Sunday in Chicago.
0: This season, there are even more ways to get into the game thanks to Lions Bingo presented by BetMGM. Lion fans can play along for free all season long for the chance to win great prizes, including the grand prize each week of a weekend stay at an MGM Resorts location. Just download the Lions mobile app and register to play Lions Bingo each and every week. Play along during the game, and once you hit bingo, you score. Courtesy of our friends at BetMGM. Learn more and lock in your Lions Bingo board before kickoff by visiting the official Lions mobile app now.
1: All right, Mike, we're past the 10, 12-minute mark. I want to know what you got for me.
2: I've got an idea, Tori. You, okay. mean, you know, you see, we've been to the combine multiple times. I know I saw you run good time in the 40-yard dash one year. Wasn't <laughs> yep. that you? Yeah. Have you seen Rich Eisen do it, haven't you?
1: I have, yep.
2: On on NFL Network. And now you may have noticed that, that Tyreek Hill of the Kansas City Chiefs has, has, has thrown down the gauntlet with Adam Schefter of – ESPN. He's gonna spot him forty to fifty yards in a hundred yard race. Tori Petri, step up to the line. Ah. Who can we match you against on the Detroit Lions sometime in the off season? A hundred oh, yards. I like and, this. I
1: like this. And what this. sort
2: of head start do you
1: need?
2: Okay. To, huh. Now look, now we have your choice here between a three hundred pound offensive lineman <laughs> and then maybe the fastest guy on the team, maybe somebody like, you know, take your pick. But I think we have to set this up and run it for cherry. Okay? I like
1: it. I like this idea. I mean, yeah. I feel like Jamal Agnew would probably claim, claim That's it the fastest I yep. because yep. he would always claim it uh, when Darius Slay was here, but Darius would debate that. So since Darius isn't here anymore, I- I'm thinking maybe Jamal Agnew is the fastest. But I don't know. Should I go at the, the the highest level or should I get someone maybe middle of the pack? I feel like I could beat an offensive lineman if I had a little bit of a head start.
2: What's a little bit of a head start <laughs> besides 145 pounds?
1: To be oh, fair. No, I, probably
2: more than that, yeah, more like about 170 pounds,
1: 180 to,
2: pounds, yeah.
1: To be fair, though, I've had two foot surgeries this year, so I'm still rehabbing a little bit. I got my first PT appointment today, so, you know, I'm going to get back to get back to 100%, and then we'll do it next off season.
2: Well, let's talk to all your pod, podcast listeners out there. Maybe they've got an idea, too. <laughs> you know what, I, I have a feeling that this is going to be edited out some. I'm talking okay oh absolutely not
1: I like it I like the idea I'm down I'm always down to do something ridiculous and so you know let's do it
2: that's why you're talking to me something ridiculous
1: you are exactly right exactly right (laughs) with that Let's talk about the Chicago Bears, Mike. Obviously, there's been so much to talk about around just the Lions this week that it's kind of hard to even remember, hey, they play the Chicago Bears on Sunday. This is a rematch for them. They lost that first game of the season. Obviously, we all know how that one went. But the Bears look like a very different team now than they did at the beginning of the season. They were 5-1 to start the season, and then they haven't won a game since week six. What do the Lions need to do to beat the Bears on Sunday?
2: Well, play like they did uh, for three quarter. play offense like they did for three quarters against the Bears, and then the last possession of the game resulted uh, in a drop pass in the end zone. What would have been the game-winning score drop pass by the, in his first game as a, as a rookie, by the way, DeAndre Swift. Play like that on offense, and play like uh, on defense the way you did for the first, I'd say, 44 minutes or so till until <laughs> the Bears got the ball for the last possession of a of the third quarter, not just trucked them. I mean, just three straight long drives. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky, three touchdown passes. I don't think he's got three complete passes since then. You know, and here they are. He was playing really so poorly in, in the eyes of the coaching staff and management that after they were three and zero, they benched him. Benched him in favor of Nick Foles. I never understood that. that come on, you're you're just you're, you're counting on hope here. So we'll see who starts at quarterback on Sunday. I, I, it's probably up in the air. Then you saw what the head coach said after last week's loss. He called out everybody, every player, every coach, yeah, every. Yeah, How about you know? How about everybody? Well, that includes yourself, coach. It made a made the you know the big bold move to change quarterbacks on a team that was three and zero. And I just thought that I just thought that he that was preordained, predetermined in his mind, and and it didn't work. It backfired. It blew up because Nick Foles is just not. Physically, you know, he's got some issues, just just not physically able to hold up over a season. That's been proven in this losing streak. But Mitchell Trubisky hasn't played any better either. I just think he's your best hope.
1: Well, the Lions have had a hard time beating Mitchell Trubisky.
2: Oh. Yeah, he's, what, was he 4 0 against him with 12 touchdown passes? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if I'm Mitchell Trubisky and I'm a free agent after this year, that's my highlight reel. I take <laughs> these four games against the Lions <laughs> and say, look, this is what I did to the probably the second best team in the nfc north not that it really is but it's not let facts get in the way of a good selling job but but you know and, you know, and honestly i think i said this on opening day to i'm probably a bigger fan of mitchell trubisky than most people i really do i just think if you let him play he'll do some things for you athletically he's not going to be you know patrick mahomes he's not going to be a lot of guys but you know he was drafted second overall for a reason a big mistake but you know he still still was first round you know he warranted being a first first round pick. I just have think he has some things going for you. You know, his, his second year there, he leads the team to what it was an you know, like an eleven and four record. They missed one game because of a, an injury, and you know won won the NFC North that year. Uh, this last year, he was eight and eight, and this year he was three and zero oh when he got benched. So I just at least he was able to win games, and that's more than anybody else has been able to do with uh, in that in that job for them.
1: Well, we'll see if the Lions can have a better game against. Mitchell Trubisky this weekend and and one thing we haven't touched on Mike and that I feel like not a lot of people have during this time is that you know Corey Unlin is going to have control over the defense now and he has not had that responsibility fully here obviously this was Matt Patricia's defense that that he was running and they were kind of on the same page so that will be another interesting thing to watch this week.
2: No I agree with that and, and that's one of the things I you know things I wondered about, you know he was on the uh as maybe the fans out here there know that we've said this before, but the the coordinators, offense defense, and special teams are available to the media on zoom every uh, every Tuesday. and you get about fifteen minutes with each one of them and and i I thought Corey Allen kind of sounded like he wanted to do the same stuff, just do it better. It was a little maybe not quite that way, but I just, I didn't get the feeling that he, he said, what people ask him, what are we going to see? That's different. And I'll say, well, I'll tell you on Sunday, but I just didn't get the feeling that he was, you know, that he was really willing to just really, you know, let it rip. And he might as well, you know, really. I mean, it just his, his future here in Detroit is online. Things have to get, they have to get better, you know, and, and I and I wouldn't be surprised if they are, if they blitz more, played, you know, less man and more zone, you know, and, although I, Never quite sure how much, what percentages of either one they play. It changes, you know, from probably from down to down, series to series, week to week. But we'll see what's we'll see what's different. But it certainly, I think, it would do well for everybody to uh, take heed of what uh, Daryl Bevel said about play with like your hairs on fire.
1: <laughs> I did like that quote.
2: I liked it. Play like your hairs on fire. Go out there and have some fun. And you know, and like Taylor Decker said, winning is fun. You know it's fun when you're winning. So you know, go out there and and you really, as an assistant coach, as a coordinator, Corey Ellen has nothing to lose. So let it rip, man.
1: Well, like Corey said, we will find out on Sunday. So Mike, I want to hear from you for Mike's Pick of the Week, presented by MGM Grand Detroit, the king of sports books. You have a chance to pick a winner for the first time under interim head coach Daryl Bevel. So who's it going to be?
2: You know, it might be for the first time this year that I pick a winner too because I, <laughs> you know what let's, let's go through the list here I go there are, there are gold chips which are a thousand at mGM grand there are purple chips which are 500 black is a hundred and we'll get down to that other stuff that the, I'm, I'm way above all that
1: uh, right. I'm gonna go
2: with the I'm gonna go with the black chips on the Detroit Lions
1: Okay.
2: and I'm gonna be pretty conservative here I'm going to say 17-13. Not a blowout, oh, okay. not by any means, but just a little better defense, and they just win. They find a way to win. 17-13, all black chips. Not going to tell you how many, but I don't want how many people know how much money I have, but all black. And then all black.
1: <laughs> all right, good stuff, Mike. I'm looking forward to seeing you on Sunday as we cover this game. Definitely the start of a new New era, we'll see what ends up happening after this season, but uh, definitely some changes afoot, and I'm excited to cover this game and and talk about how it goes next week. Mike, thanks so much for hanging out with me on the podcast.
2: All right, cool. Thanks for having me.
1: And for your awesome charity idea. I do love that.
2: (laughs) I can't wait to watch.
1: (laughs) (laughs) As long as you're cheering for me and not for me to get beat.
2: Well, I'm for sale and things like that.
1: Uh, okay, okay. We'll see what Mike's pick of the week is when once that comes around. Mike, thanks. We appreciate you guys for listening as well, and we will talk with you next week.
0: This season, there are even more ways to get into the game thanks to Lions Bingo presented by BetMGM. Lion fans can play along for free all season long for the chance to win great prizes, including the grand prize each week of a weekend stay at an MGM Resorts location. Just download the Lions mobile app and register to play Lions Bingo each and every week. Play along during the game, and once you hit bingo, you score. Courtesy of our friends at BetMGM. Learn more and lock in your Lions Bingo board before kickoff by visiting the official Lions mobile app now.